Jessica, and this is ATC Presents Deba K Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. And today, on a very special episode of season three, I have my usual co host Rico with me. How are you? Hey, I hey. am back, baby. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to be back. It's yeah, been man. a while. My work schedule has kind of kept me away from being able to review shows on a con, uh, you know, on a consistent basis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. I'm glad to be back. So this is going to be fun. I'm glad to have you back. I'm glad to have you back on a very fun episode. I imagine we'll have a ton of fun reviewing Vincenzo. Hey. Vincenzo. Yeah, we've been watching this for a really long time. It feels like we've both been watching Vincenzo for like months. It is finally here. We're finally done. We're going to review it. (laughs) Yes. There were times waiting for this episode to be recorded that I had to like go back and like refresh my memory on certain things. So like I had to like <laughs> go online and it's like, hold on, does this happen in this episode or that episode? And like right. stuff like that. So um, I'm excited though. Yeah. I'm excited to have you back. We're going to get started. We're going to get started right after this because if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for pressing play on this very special episode. Please go ahead, do yourself a favor, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you like us, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That goes such a long way for other listeners just like you to discover us. So come check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ATC Daybok Pod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and support the show. You can check out our page. It's under the Always the Critic umbrella. It is patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. And once again, thank you to our patron subscribers, Janet, Curtis, Robin, and Bailey. Yeah, that's right. So I'm going to get started on reading the My Drama List synopsis for Vincenzo, and then we're going to get going. My drama list synopsis reads, at the age of eight, Pak Joo-hyung went to Italy after he was adopted. He is now an adult and has the name of Vincenzo Cassano. He is a lawyer who works for the mafia as a consigliere. Because of a war between mafia groups, he flees to South Korea. In South Korea, he gets involved with lawyer Hong Cha-yong. She is the type of attorney who will do anything to win a case. Vincenzo Cassano falls in love with her. He is also He also achieves social justice by his own way. <laughs> All right. So this show originally aired from February to May 2021. It is firmly a pandemic show and it was released almost simultaneously on Netflix. So the international audience got to see it basically at the same time as the Korean audience. And that's where it got a lot of fame because it was in like the top 10 for Netflix and stuff as it was airing. Vincenzo is 20 episodes long. It's directed by a female director, Kim Yuan. She's directed soundtrack number one, also a Disney Plus show, The Crown Clown from 2019, which we'll be covering later in the season, Warm and Cozy from 2015, and she's currently directing Little Women from with uh, Kim Go-un and uh, yeah, a bunch of people. A bunch of big names are in Little Women based on the Louisa May Alcott book that's really cool yeah but it's supposed <laughs> to be a mystery thriller so totally different tone changing than the, the <laughs> changing the <laughs> genre completely <laughs> yeah absolutely vincenzo is written by a male screenwriter which is pretty rare in for k dramas 
Pak Jebom, he wrote The Fiery Priest, Good Manager, Blood from 2015, which I do not recommend. I did not like Blood. <laughs> um, he also wrote The Good Doctor from 2013. And if that name sounds familiar, it was later licensed and turned into an American series from ABC with Freddie Highmore. So that is a export of Korea. Mm. Yes, it is. Yes, Vincenzo stars Song Joong-ki as Vincenzo Cassano, the title character. We've seen him before from Descendants of the Sun. Rico? Yes, we have. Season I one? I remember yeah. Descendants of the Sun. Descendants of the Sun. That was a season uh, he's also, Was that a season one or a season, season two? Season one. That's a season, season one. Season one. Yes. So scroll back in your podcast feed if you want to hear our thoughts on Descendants of the Sun from 2016. Uh, Son Juki is basically a household name. He's been in Arthral Chronicles, The Innocent Man from 2012. Um, I think my favorite Korean movie, Werewolf Boy as well. I say that like with a grain of salt because sometimes Korean movies are like my internal list of favorite movies changes every so often. But a Werewolf Boy holds a very high place in my heart. The show also stars... Jung Yo Bin as Hong Cha Young, and she's been in Be Melodramatic and Save Me from 2017. She's basically a newcomer, new face to the K drama world. Um, yep. Yeah, haven't seen her really in much. Taekyon as Jung Jo. <laughs> Sorry, I'm already laughing because of Taekyon. Anyway, he plays Jung Jun Woo. And he's been in Secret Royal Inspector and Joy, Save Me from 2017. So him and Jun Yo Bin were in the same drama together. Bring It On Ghost from 2016, Dream High from 2011. <laughs> Again, Dream High circling around. I feel like every episode I mentioned Dream High. Do you know who Taekyon is? No, I'm not sure. Okay. Who that is. Okay. Taekyon is the rapper from the K pop group 2 p.m. Okay. Okay. Does that okay. ring you? You've never seen anything from 2PM, No, 2PM, right? I haven't, actually. I got to send you, like, a few music videos after this. All right. Gotcha. So you can see, like, Taekyeon so in see. action at the peak <laughs> of his career. Well, not the peak of his career, but the peak right. of his music career, so to speak. Gotcha. Uh, we've got a few side characters no of note. I'll say Kim Yo-jin plays Cho Myung-yi, and she's been in about 16 movies and a bunch of TV, like Throw Rock and You'll Hit a K-Drama that she's been in, Extracurricular from 2020, Itaewon Class from 2020, Rookie Historian, Guhae Young, Where Stars Land, My Secretary is Love in the Moonlight, Tears of Heaven, Angel Eyes, so many, so many. She's been in a lot of K-Dramas. We also have Kwak Dong-yeon as Chairman Jang Han-so. And he's been in Big Mouth from 2022. That's where you might see him now. He's starring in Big Mouth, Our Beloved Summer, It's Okay to Not Be Okay. He was like a side character in that. So many K-dramas as well. He's a common name, common face. All right. So all that out of the way, Rico, what did you think of Vincenzo? Uh, before we do that, the you reason You have a question why, on your face. I, yeah, because when you said he was in Big Mouth, for me, Big Mouth is, it's a Netflix show. It's, it's an animated show. From okay. Netflix. I don't think we're talking about the same thing, though. No. It's yeah, a currently the, airing K-drama. We're oh, okay. recording this in September of okay. 2022. Then, yeah. And Big like, Mouth is currently airing. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so is the <laughs> new one uh, or the show. But anyway. Okay. So <laughs> this show, Vincenzo. Uh, I think that this is this is a very well done show. I love the way the show looks. It has like such a high production value to it. 
I think that the acting performances are very good throughout the entire show. There's a couple of qualms I have where the show kind of starts off like a, oh, it's going to be like a mafia type of show. But then the show kind of like diverts itself into more of like a law drama, kind of like a sitcom almost in some ways. This is, again, this is another thing that I have about Korean shows is that they like to dabble in multiple types of genres <laughs> in one show. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, you're you're in a very serious moment at one moment and then you hear like the light fluttery music and then they're like flirting with each other and it's like a rom-com. And it's like, I it's so hard to put it like, wrap your head around and stay in the moment without mm-hmm. being like well this show just changed all of a sudden <laughs> with that said though even with the qualm that i have with that i think that this is a very good show um it, it ranks a little higher in my own personal the ones that we've done together here yeah on on the show i think your number one has consistently been signal yes it has and it <laughs> still is uh <laughs> Not to say that this is bad or anything. This I I would have to go back and look at my rankings. It's probably somewhere in that <laughs> maybe like four to five range somewhere in there out of okay. the shows that we've done. So kind of high for me. Uh, I really enjoy the performance uh, by uh, Song Junkie. Song Junkie, yeah. He plays Vincenzo. Um, there is a seriousness to the character that I do like that he brings. Also, I do like when he does have interactions with uh, Hong uh, Cha Young, who's played by Zhongju Bing, right? Is that how you pronounce her real name? Her Um, real name, Zhongju Bing. Zhongju Bing. So their interactions (laughs) together are are really good. I really enjoy them as a couple. the, the things that happen throughout the show, I think there's some very nice moments of sweetness between them, but also them working together as the show progresses. I think mm-hmm. you you see a good established relationship between the two. So I really enjoy their, you know, their chemistry, their interactions. And then the third character that I, I like a lot as well is the... He is the I'm trying what is his name but he's basically like the brother who who's part of the Babel group but he's not evil he's, Yes. He's, okay, he, well that's a spoiler but yeah, Chairman Jang Hanso, he's played by the last person on this list, Kwak Dong-yeon. There we go. Kwak Dong-yeon. Uh he's the half brother. Yeah, uh, uh, yes. We'll kind of just leave it at that. Okay, and that's cool. it. So, so these, you like three, these characters I really like the most, um, and I I find myself gravitating towards as I'm watching the show. So, overall, I really had fun with the show. I think it is a very good show to watch. Um, there's a couple of moments that stand out for me, but then there's a couple of moments that I'm just like, eh, not sure if we needed either this plot line or even to spend mm. time here in this moment, but overall a pretty good show. How about okay. you, Jessica? 
All right. So I had high expectations for this show because everyone and their mom sings Vincenzo's praises. It's a well-regarded show that I happened to completely miss <laughs> when it was originally airing. And I love Song Joon Ki, like facts. I came into this with high expectations in the first episode, again, like you said, made me think it was going to be a very high stakes, high intensity mafia show. The Italy sequences were stunning. I was blown away by that whole intro sequence. And then I was like expecting that tone throughout the show. That was not the case at all. There was so much more slapstick comedy and generally light, ridiculous sequences in comedy than I wanted. I was expecting and wanting a darker tone. If they had stuck more to that, then I think I would have liked the show better. But it was always teetering between genres, between this anti-hero dark law drama and this ridiculous light comedy, situational comedy. Like you said, you were like, oh, it's kind of like sitcom. Yeah, it is. I was not as invested as other people with the Gumha Plaza inhabitants. I really... This is this is a main storyline that I don't understand why it it played such a big role. The Gunga Plaza residents were not why I was invested at all, if you can call me being invested in Vincenzo. I think that they were just very distracting to me. I didn't find them that funny at times. I think towards the end of the show, they started to grow on me because they left some of the comedy behind in favor of them becoming more, coming more into the fold of the Vincenzo machinations and their grand plan. Um, I just didn't like the, the tone of the show, the pacing of the show. And when I say pacing, I mean, why was it 20 episodes more than an hour a piece per episode? Another thing that I consistently struggle with, and this is, you've known me on this. Yeah, but I struggled with this too on this show. I was very distraught when I consistently paused at the hour mark and I was like, there's fucking, there's more time, more, what else can they possibly put in this episode? I feel like they could have definitely trimmed down the episodes, trimmed down the fat, left some stuff on the cutting room floor versus stuffing each episode to the brim with content that I wasn't com- you know compelled by. Would you say that this would have been better served as a 16 episode yeah. rather than the 20? 100%. Because there was enough to cut out to drop it down to 16. Oh yeah. And yeah. get it really tight, you know? Yes. A tight, tight story. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where I kind of struggle with is a lot of the time, at least this is just for me personally, a lot of the times on the Korean shows, there's a lot of different plot lines that just don't really influence the end game of the A storyline. Mm. So sometimes we spend too much time with the B and the C plot that you're just kind of waiting. OK, we got to get back to the main plot of the story. Right. I don't right. mind a B plot, but it cannot hog up too much time. Mm-hmm. When you when there's only so many episodes, there's right. only 20 episodes of a show, you can't dedicate that much time to the B and the C plots. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. just that's my opinion on that part. No, I agree completely. 
I don't think I was as positive on the main coupling of Hon Chang-yong and Vincenzo as you ah, were. Okay. I, this is a hot take. I don't think they had chemistry. Oh, okay. So I think they we're, were way better we're as here. platonic partners and partners in crime than they were romantic interests. Uh, okay. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Are you going to advocate for them? During the um, rest of this episode, I'm not gonna like sit here and be like, "You're wrong," and this is a. I, I think <laughs> I felt like they did have some chemistry, but mm. uh, I'm not gonna sit here that it's the best chemistry that I've seen from mm-hmm. any couple here right. at any point mm-hmm. um, from any show that we've watched. But I think, at least for myself, I saw a little more chemistry than you did, most likely. Yeah, I think they were best suited as just partners in crime got it there were a couple of moments where i was like okay we're getting there it's warming up but it, it wasn't this chemical reaction if you get my meaning <laughs> i got gotcha. you uh, yeah i got gotcha. um i don't know what else to say i think the I love the way it was shot just like you said cinematography wise really beautiful visuals I think that I was wanting more from the OST. Mm-hmm. It wasn't working like I like working as in like it wasn't doing its part. Right. In the grand scheme of the show, I think they relied heavily on classical music, which is perfectly fine to me. Yeah. I think they could have gone even heavier on the classier classier <laughs> on the classical music and those needle drops, which invoke a different kind of tone and feeling. I see what you're saying. Um, Would you say that because we're so used to in Korean shows having like that pop element Mm. being injected into the soundtracks, maybe that's something that was kind of missing from the show because you're so used to it? Mm -hmm. I do feel like I'm used to it and I'm wanting that element in the show for sure. Mm -hmm. They did have score. And in particular, there was one emotional song that I have to find the track for it, but it sounded just, it started just like, great is thy faithfulness. You know that old (laughs) hymn? Yes. Do you know that old hymn? So it literally was the same. It started the same notes as great is thy faithfulness. And every time it came on, I was like, great is thy faithfulness, oh God, my father. I just sang it in my head and then once it stopped wow. with the melody I was like I got off it you know <laughs> stop singing it but it was very dead on and oh, in wow. that respect it made me think it's very old sounding because right. greatest I faithless is like hello old. Oh, that's a that's an old song yeah that's an old hymn you are very good um, about that anyway I don't know what else to say without going into spoilers because I truly feel like anything you say is kind of spoilery yeah, you're oh, right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's talk Go about... Ahead. Well, I don't think this is necessarily a spoiler, but Taekyung, what did you feel about his performance? About Taekyung's performance? Yeah. Um, what did you feel about Tech? Okay. So he is basically... He's an intern, right? At the at the law firm? Yes. Yeah, he starts as an intern at the law firm. Right. He starts there. Uh, but then, you know, we learn more about him. Um. I think that what I do like how the show kind of treated him first was like he's like, 
just go with the flow, like happy-go-lucky, whatever. But as the show goes and you see the way they change that character, I think they do a good job because the show needed like a true and I mean, I don't know how much we can say without spoiling it. But Okay. Like I got you. It needs an antagonist. It needed it. Needed him. It needed it. It needed it. And they needed the change. They needed to establish a big bad, and I put that in quotes, just yeah. because when you're dealing with a show where there's implications of the mob or some type of corporation who's like in control, whatever you're doing, you need to establish a face to it almost mm-hmm. and i'm kind of glad that he's like the one that they did that with because right. he brings a a little bit of a presence like i love that it goes from you know we don't really see him as a threat type of thing as an audience member mm. and then it shifts okay. and you think oh he's a major problem i thought yeah. they did a good job with it how about you? Did did you feel the same way or differently? I was spoiled. Oh, no. Before I watched the show. Because, the, you know, I'm deep in the enemy's camp here in K-drama territory. <laughs> deep in the All over the... <laughs> deep in the enemy's camp, the K-drama <laughs> editors do not sleep. And I was spoiled about uh. Taekyung's character. I, I think people rank him... I'm just going to go out and say it. I think people rank him as one of the best K-drama villains. Mm. Okay. What would you say to that claim? I don't know if I would consider him like the best villain. I think he's a good villain. Uh, but the best seems like a very strong title to assign to him. <laughs> I think so, too. I think people might be grasping a bit when they say he's the best villain. I think that there are other villains in K-drama that do a bit better job that are a little more nuanced. I feel like Tech was chewing up scenery. He was. Chewing up scenery. Just noshing on it. He was really cartoonish. Yeah, you can even say he was cartoonish. Yeah. Like, because it was... Okay, so maybe this is something that I'm thinking of, but I think that a lot of times when we do meet a villain in one of uh, in a Korean show... They do kind of go after like a lot of the cliches of what a, makes a villain a villain. You mm. know, they have to either be yelling if they're doing that or they have to look very sinister and they have to like put on a face to do it. <laughs> like they, they go after the cliches. So maybe there was enough differences between the way he started to the way he ended that people maybe like were at see like a character progression almost Mm. maybe Mm. that's how people saw it and so that's a little bit different because a lot of times those villains are one note it's like Mm. i'm bad because i'm bad and i do bad things and that's that's kind of it there's no nuance to characters sometimes i would like to dive into his psyche a bit when we get to the spoiler Mm. section but i honestly feel like people are very what's the word they're not blinded, but just maybe caught in the moment by the reveal. Yeah. I when they that. reveal text true nature, you're just like, oh my God. Like it's a it's a twist, you what know, a twist. in the show. 
<laughs> what? Where is that oh, from? Oh, you don't know where that's from. Uh, <laughs> so there's a. So oh, there's man. there's there was a show, uh, Robot Chicken, that was on on uh, Cartoon oh, Network. Robot and Chicken. so they they did a whole thing about Shyamalan, right? M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> And so, like, they would, like, do, like, a little thing, and then they would, like, oh, do no. something, and then Shyamalan would kind of come out and be like, what a twist! And <laughs> with that voice and everything, what a twist! So, anytime, like, a twist comes up in my head, I'm just like, what a twist! <laughs> okay, so I got it. You gotta send me one of those videos. I gotta send you one of those now. I loved the intro sequence, uh, mm -hmm. the opening credit sequence for Vincenzo. It's got like a madman meets James Bond meets House of Cards intro. Good stuff. Good stuff on it. We'll get to some fun facts right now before we give our scores and jump into spoilers. So I we talked a little bit about the introduction of Vincenzo, the character in Italy. How did Sung Jung Ki film in Italy during COVID-19? Mm, uh, he question. didn't. He didn't. All those scenes that were set in Italy were done completely CGI. Really? All of them? I kid you not. Sung Jung Ki never stepped foot in Italy. None of those people were there when he was acting. He was acting in front of a blue screen the entire time. Every single Italy scene. So... That, what do you think that, of that? So that's, you're you're a stickler for CGI. I'm a stickler for CGI, and in that sequence, there's like moments where, I guess maybe I thought the sky they might have wanted to make it look a certain way, but I didn't think like the entire thing was CGI. The whole thing. So they did a good job getting me on there. I I didn't think the you entire got, they thing got was you. CGI. Yes. Um, so I gotta, I gotta give him props for being able to act by himself, pretty much, uh -huh. um, because he he's not really with them. <laughs> There's just the nobody there. There's no one there. That's hilarious to me. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm so glad they job. got you on that. Good. They got me. They got me. Yeah, yeah, they really did. That Netflix money coming through. Some native Italian speakers have reviewed Song Jung Ki's Italian in Vincenzo because he speaks Italian mm -hmm. a bunch of times in the show. And they have said that although his pausing was awkward, his pronunciation was mostly accurate. And they especially thought that his swearing in Italian was perfect. <laughs> Why is it that when it comes to cursing, everybody can be an expert? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's a native speaker. Think think about every like person who doesn't know Spanish, but you tell them a curse word yeah. and they easily get it. Every time. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk ratings. I mentioned the top 10 in ne on Netflix. The first episode reached a 7.7 .7 rating, making it the fourth highest rated TVN drama premiere. The finale received 14.6% rating, making it the 11th highest rated K-drama in cable television history. Ooh, really good. Yeah. That's really, really good. good. Yeah, yeah, it is. A Great shit ton job. of people watch Vincenzo. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> All right. So there's some fun facts, more, uh, more fun facts, but we'll get into them for the spoiler section. What would you rate this show out of five soju bottles? Out of five soju bottles, I am going to give it a three and a half. Three and a half. bottles. Yes. All right. I'm going to give it the same. 
But I feel like I'm on the negative side and you're on yeah, the positive side. That's what I don't know why we like. have the same soldier bottle score, but we'll get into it, I guess. We'll get into it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk spoilers right after this. Hey, you want to come in? All right, we're on the other side of spoilers for Vincenzo. So if you have watched Vincenzo, keep listening. If you don't care to be spoiled, then listen on. All right, so episodes one and two, I found them so boring after he lands in Korea. Yeah, so the big thing for me is when they start introducing these different plot threads that I thought we were going to get like a true mafia show, and it doesn't feel that way. After you you land in Korea. Right. It, it kind of, you know what it kind of feels like? It kind of feels like the show, like, builds itself with the first trailer of the first part of the first episode. Yes. And then bamboozles you. Into, yes. Into a different show. 100%. I thought the Italy stuff was really cool. Pure mafia. Super interesting. And then he gets to Korea and it's like someone declawed a cat. Thank you. Thank you. Like, you're just like, what is this? (laughs) And then they, you know, they go ahead and they, like, just introduce, like, this separate storyline about the building. Yeah. That's one. They, you know, here is a law (laughs) case against Babel. And you think, oh, maybe this is just a side case. No, this is no, going to be the main the storyline. Yeah, that's the main storyline. It's against Barble. Barble. <laughs> <laughs> Babel. It's against Babel Pharmaceuticals. And then you expand because apparently that's a subsidiary. Babel Conglomerate is the bad guy, the bad company that they're fighting against. They introduce a bunch of tropes like he has mommy issues because he was abandoned as a child. So you get the abandonment trope. His mom gave him up for adoption and she's now imprisoned for killing an abusive employer. But that was yep. a falsehood because she didn't kill the guy. He was like a deputy to rape her. It's like really dramatic. And the Babel fight, the introduction of Chong, uh, ha, oh my God, what's her name? Cha Hong. Lord, yes. what is her name? I got it here. Uh, Cha Young. struggling? Hong uh, Cha Young. Yeah, Cha Young Hong. Or Hong Cha Young. When she gets in. <laughs> Sorry. Hong Cha Young. When she gets introduced. I'm not sold on her characterization because she is kind of playing the villainous role where she's on the side of Babel. She's fighting with her dad. I'm not interested, you know, I'm not interested at all in anything that's happening. No, it's not until the end of episode three when things finally start to pick up. Okay, so they come in with a truck. Slamming into the building. Yep. And killing uh, Cha Cha Young's dad. Yep. And it was the kick in the pants the show needed because you they had this epic montage sequence after this truck crash where Cha Young is struggling to cope, feeling guilty over being at odds with her father and his morals. The media's smear campaign against him and the witness researcher was all that was particularly upsetting because you even though I wasn't I wasn't didn't care about anything that was happening right you knew that her dad was like a righteous lawyer he was he was was. a good guy he was a good guy and to see her just going through it uh Vincenzo's in a coma like it's like crazy and 
I thought that was the turning point in the show for it to actually starting start to be more high stakes again. So after he, the first sequence, one of my things about a show like this, when you don't have as many episodes, is the show needs to propel in the first episode. Yeah, it, it can't. You can't wait until episode three to find the end of get, episode three to get the catalyst for the mm-hmm. show. Because this is what gets pe- like different parts of the story moving. It gets uh, Cha Young and Vincenzo closer together to start mm-hmm. battling against um, against Babel. Like mm-hmm. it, it puts the kick in the pants to start going that way. But right. it shouldn't be by episode three. It should have been much sooner. I agree. I agree completely. Yeah, that truck scene though. The truck was literally driven into the store. Yep, driven right shattering into the, the glass store. and turning over the tables and spilling the bottles of rice wine and stuff. Yeah, they were hooked up to stunt wires. Really, and then they were hauled across the room to make it look like they were flying from the impact of the oh, truck crash. Wow. They wow. didn't do it at the same time though. They did it separately, and then I guess they pieced it together yeah, after the fact it. in post. Yeah. But I thought that was a really cool fun fact. Is that there was no CGI for that truck? No, they they fully they did went it. in. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I I, enjo- I enjoy a good practical stunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although that one, I would have guessed that it was CGI. Yeah, if you're gonna do that, would be the one that you would think would be CGI, not the entire Italy sequence. <laughs> the entire <laughs> Italy sequence. <laughs> yeah. So going back to this montage, we're now like what in episode four mm-hmm. they had this montage of the murder aftermath and it was yep. all set to requiem k626 aka mass 19 and d minor and it reminded me a bit of um especially with the oh my god what's her name Choi Myungi, that yeah. other evil attorney yes the woman attorney the woman attorney yes so Choi Myungi. She is dancing in her office and stuff during that whole sequence. And it reminded me of both the Joker with the dancing on the steps <laughs> and the it was like that simultaneous. The whole like sequence plus her dancing reminded me of Joker dancing on the steps. Plus the do you renounce Satan scene from the Godfather. From the Godfather. Oh, my God. It uh, reminded you know me of the do you renounce Satan scene. I can kind of see it. I could kind With of see the, it. They cut back and forth between like the people who are the victims and the guy who's the woman who's pulling all the strings because she's the one who said, I want it all to happen on the same night. You know, it was actually really good editing. And yeah. I, I appreciated that scene a lot. <laughs> they do a really good job with it. Whenever whenever a scene like that happens where like it does kind of like make you think of like the Godfather scene, the, you know, mm-hmm. renowned Satan scene. Um, a lot do of you show- renounce Satan and all his works. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of shows who do it, but one that did it, re- uh, you know, within the last ten years that I found to be fantastic was. Oh my god! Tell me, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen Modern Family? No, no, I have not. They Just do bits and pieces. A fantastic one where they're no. at a baby christening and everything. And, no, stop. And they do the whole <laughs> sequence of like. Do you renounce Satan and it's all his works? <laughs> and it's Phil Dunphy, like the one, the the dad who's always the fun one that you see like in all the mo- <laughs> uh, commercials and stuff. 
and he's the one he sends his <laughs> son to like do the works that need to be yeah. done <laughs> such a great thing so if you ever watch modern family i think the episode is called fulgencio because that's gonna be the name of the baby of course <laughs> <laughs> that's the baby's name yeah it's the baby between <laughs> Sofia Vergara's character and Albany guy um, oh man they okay. had a baby and so he wants to name it Joe because he's you know he's a typical white guy and yeah. she's like uh, her mom <laughs> wants to name it Fulgencio like the fourth <laughs> or whatever <laughs> anyway oh, okay Back okay. To, back to Vincenzo. <laughs> back to Vincenzo. So episode four ends with them setting fire to the Babel Pharma House yes. warehouse to stop you think the drugs from spreading out. Yes, I, I really great, great Loved scene, it. great scene, great scene. Uh, Loved it, and also like really to like put Babel like on their heels. Like, oh shit! Like, yes, it's not going to be easy coming at these two. And Vincenzo, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to do things his own way. So. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I liked how they even messed with the sprinklers so they wouldn't turn on. So they wouldn't turn on. <laughs> Great job. They're like, well, don't we have like a sprinkler system? Why is nothing getting put out? And they backtrack again. They And you see them messing with the sprinkler system and shutting it off. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so great. You see, finally, the big bad shows up. And it's tech, Yon. Yes. It's tech. It's tech. Rolling up, looking fierce, looking bad. And he's the the man behind the curtain. They finally, like, we get the reveal. I just like how the scene is so well put together. And then the culmination is a grand reveal. Right. Exactly. You know? So, and then the final shot is of all of our arsonists driving away, looking at the Inferno. And they're playing Pavarotti's rendition of Nessun Dorma from Turindo. (laughs) And we get a translation of the lyrics because Vinny says them. He says, set stars, set stars at dawn. I will win. I will win. I will win. And you're just like, oh, like you just feel like so, such yes. momentum and drive. And These you're like, oh. moments like this is yes. what really drives me on this show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That scene felt a lot like the Bellagio Fountain scene from Ocean's Eleven to me. Ah. <laughs> yeah. It's very poetic. Good call. Good call. <laughs> Look, a lot of nothing happens between episodes four through eight. Oof. Oof. Yo, you, <laughs> you're telling me. Yo. I'm, I'm like sitting there. Struggling. I'm just like, come on, let's let's get into the meat of it. Yes. Yeah. And it's not happening. Yeah. It's not happening. We get a lot of back and forth with the tenants and, you know, their Again, shenanigans. The and I don't care. Just like, yeah. But, so I can't remember what episode this happens in. Maybe we haven't gotten there yet, but when maybe it's episode like 10 because we're about to get there. But when they come down to like the aid of Vincenzo. Uh-huh. And then like they do like those showing what they were in like in their past. Oh, that's life. a lot. Like one of the oh, last episodes. Never mind. Yeah. We'll talk about way that later. later. We'll talk about okay, that Okay. Well, in episode eight. I had a, a big qualm here because the undercover Homeland Security agent mm-hmm. who's masquerading as the Italian chef's apprentice right. <laughs> in the building, he says in voiceover, I finally realized why these people remained here and stood their ground. They were inspired by Vincenzo's strength and excellent leadership. That means Vincenzo isn't a mafia. <laughs> He's not a mafia. He's Che Guevara. 
so okay so because somebody shows leadership potential they're not mafia they're che guevara that doesn't really so many make issues sense, i have so many i have so many issues with it i just can't I, there's no way to so i don't think that's the case at all like no he's so wrong like yeah, on so many completely, levels completely because never do you feel like it is he's inspiring a people for like a true revolution not until later on in the show you don't and not to mention Che Guevara's a murderer. Well, that too. Who was killing his own people. So. Yeah, that's that's also very true. There's that. Um, and and to say like you know he shows good leadership quality, so he can't be mafia. That, that also doesn't make, doesn't make sense either, because most of the time you show the good leadership and you become part of the family, the head of the family, like. Right, you have to be some sort of charismatic person. Yeah. To so, lead a family, so I think that is a. That's a line that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. No, it I was like, ooh, so bad. Do some research on Che Guevara also. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I think episode eight had some really good moments where he's trying to seduce the bank president who's like a closet homosexual. Do you remember this part? I remember <laughs> it very, very low. Yes, but yes. The scene of him riding the horse. I lost it. <laughs> I lost it. It was supposed. They knew what they were doing when they put Song Joong Ki on the horse in yeah, that getup. Of course, they knew what they were doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. They were catering to a specific audience, and it was the same as I don't know, same fan service as maybe like a shower scene or something in a K drama. Yes, yes. Um, or <laughs> you know, just a random moment where like they touch the arm and then it goes into slow motion. That's- <laughs> Touch the arm and then slow mo. Oh yeah, they do touch the. You're arm getting in this it. One. Yeah. You're getting it. Yes. It's it's meant for something, and actually, that bank president is the second male lead in this drama called Our Beloved Summer, and mm-hmm. he's tremendous in that, and he's very endearing in that, and I feel really bad that he's so evil <laughs> in Vincenzo. <laughs> he's really bad. Like he, what was his deal? He wasn't just like a closet homosexual. He was actually kind of out, and he was killing guys that didn't want anything to do with him like he would ask them out and then he would just like beat them up in in, in spite for spite because they rejected him right they rejected him yeah that's that's not a great way to handle rejection it's crazy so i like how he got his comeuppance of course of course they scare the shit out of him with yeah. the zombies the zombie prank yeah oh, again God. like the show like goes through different types of tones Mm-hmm. Like there mm-hmm. are moments where things are getting really serious and then like a zombie prank, like, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's so out of left field sometimes that you're just like, what am I watching? And then I he, know he tries to get back into it. You know, mm-hmm. once again, it tries to get back into the babble plot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's I think things. that there's a lot of different weird, bizarre checkoff guns in mm. the show. Okay. What's you know, we just mentioned the zombies. the zombies. We just mentioned the zombies. So in the in an early episode, some of the tenants are learning how to be zombies in like a kind of like a dance studio because yeah. one of the tenants is a, is a dancer and they're learning how to be zombies. They later on in episode eight, nine, whatever, they all prank the gay bank president because he's got this extreme zombie phobia. So like why, you know, why introduce this weird zombie thing? in an early episode right. and then they use it again. 
the before tech is revealed to be the big bad yeah. he punishes the chair like his half brother on the ice rink pelting him with ice hockey pucks and beating him with a stick right because there has to that's be his that's his team. method yeah but le- no that's not what i thought but <laughs> that's not what i thought at all but he the half brother uses that method later on to punish like three executives after it's a little bit of ice rink hockey torture and it's Chekhov's the same thing. Puck. Chekhov's high ice hockey. Uh, Tech goes full send, murdering one of the prosecutors with a hockey stick. And that, I mean, again, you keep they keep harping on this weird Chekhov's gun. Like if we had it here, we have to have it here, right? For a foreshadowing moment that they yes. can bring up later, and it and then won't of course appear later, out of left field. They have another ice hockey thing where Vin- Vinny ends up with the half brother on yeah, the with ice the and the like, face off with the Interpol agents and it's it's you know whatever like help us out like don't you know yeah yeah exactly yeah what did you think I had a issue with this because they had this in a few episodes where Vinny seems to have also I'm naming him I'm nicknaming him Vinny Vinny for yeah. obvious reasons anyway. Yeah. Vinny seems to have periodic nightmares and PTSD dreams about his past life his past as life. a violent as a violent member of a mafia family, and they never really return to that, and they never deal with it. No, they don't really deal with that, and I found that to be disappointing because mm. I would have liked to see like that recall of his memories yes. to play out in a moment where you can oh. see. That his past is still affecting him now. Mm-hmm. Where you can see him composed and everything. But mm-hmm. that little moment can rear its ugly head. But we don't really get that in the show. We just get... It's more about understanding where he came from. But not really who he is. Ooh. That's that's the thing about like all those flashbacks. To me mm-hmm. at least. And then on right. top of that. You know kind of like you know related there's this whole angle with his mother mm-hmm. or i don't know maybe i'm i'm kind of misremembering this but like it is his mother but not they're not really like referencing each other that way a- am i misremembering <laughs> the way the mother interactions went the mother interactions are he never outright says like you're my mom right there we go That's- and she never outright says I'm your mom. Right. So. I mean, it's unspoken. Right. It's unspoken. So I don't understand how that's supposed to give us any indication of what the man he is today because of that Um, relationship. Because if at least you would have told us or showed us that this really bothers him or this really changed him in the past mm -hmm. to become the person that he is now, then I get that interaction between him and his mom maybe it's an Mm -hmm. ice cold relationship and all that uh but the fact that we go to it a couple of times and we don't really get a as a reason why it's referenced and does it make him the man who he is is that Mm -hmm. is that the case but more it's just like oh this is just another aspect of his life that doesn't really have to do anything with what's going on in the a story at all 
I think that they had not that they had an opportunity, but they didn't take necessarily the easy route with his trauma mm-hmm. and his backstory. Um, they like the mother. He never necessarily outright blames her, although there is tension there, and he does have stuff to work through because he's very hesitant to get involved in her life in her case. Yep. But he knows that she needs him. He's that she's helpless and innocent yes. in her, you know, life or whatever. And I think she en- does end up saying why she gave up her son. Right? In, in like the one of the almost last episodes, I think she does. Yes. I just that don't she, remember what it was. Oh, that's right. She was dying of lung cancer in the yeah, late 80s. And she had a bad diagnosis or prognosis. And so she just gave up her son for adoption with the intention of if she gets better, she'll pick him up again, <laughs> which not how adoption works, but nope. whatever. Now, that's sure, not why, why not? you put your kid in the system. But anyway, <laughs> that was the signal for him to basically forgive her because she had a good good enough reason i guess to give him to up. give him up which yeah i mean kind of kind of a good reason uh yeah impending death impending death yeah that you know what not a bad reason that's not a bad reason to give him up but it is very sad just added to the melancholy of the storyline um melancholy melancholy the tech goes further and further into mania i feel throughout the show how did you feel about his characterization and him being the villain and just not just his acting and portrayal but mm-hmm. like his motivations um i i was i'll, I'll kick it off so i was Go a little ahead. bit confused because they paint him as this psycho. They do. Right? They do. He has killed multiple people, taken souvenirs off the bodies. He's collecting watches mm-hmm. from the victims. And he seems kind of like a serial killer, but not not really. Because all of the people that he killed, they offended him in some way. Like, he's got a very short fuse, terrible temper. Yeah. He does. I don't know. Maybe he is kind of like a serial killer. Uh, there's a vibe. Yeah, there's a serial killer vibe. vibe to him. I, I, I And the reason why he stayed hidden and wasn't the face of the company and wasn't the true chairman, he was like the shadow chairman, was because he valued his privacy and did not want to go down for any crimes <laughs> that the company did. I do not blame him. That's smart. That's a smart move. Keep yourself out of like <laughs> the corporate affairs. But I think, okay, so here's what I do like. I do like that we show a character who has a quick temper uh, who could go like zero to 60 mm-hmm. immediately. And I like that in a villain because of the fact that you never know when the moment he's going to snap. Yeah. I do like that. And I. It does give us a threat, and it gives us an impending threat whenever mm. he's on screen because you never know. He's unpredictable. He's unpredictable. That could be the moment that he you know, kills someone 
or it could be the moment maybe he laughs it off and just Mm -hmm. moves it along. And I like that. I love when there's a bit of a chaos to a villain. Right. Yeah. And maybe it's just... So maybe it's just me having this affinity for that type of character because I like like the Joker so much in mm-hmm. like Batman because he is chaotic. You never know how he's going to react to a situation. So I like that energy from a villain. Mm-hmm. So so I yeah. found that to be something that I liked watching from him. So mm-hmm. now in terms of him kind of like not being the front of the company, but like still having kind of control and being able to like really bully his half brother and everything. Yeah. I think that was a good dynamic as well, because Mm -hmm. then you have a sympathetic character inside of the villain plot. Mm. Gives us a way to be able to be like, Oh, if something changes here, that can change the, the whole outcome. And right. He's a wild card. He's a wild card. So, and luckily for us, that's kind of what happens here. So mm-hmm. so overall, I really like the portrayal of the character. I'm not going to sit here and say the best villain, uh, <laughs> but I still think it's an engaging villain and, and an enjoyable villain to watch. Here's I'll go out on a limb and say if they had f- tightened up the tone and made it the dark mafia thriller that they had promised us in the first sequence of the show that this villain would have worked a lot better because they would have pared down some of the ridiculousness some of the like screaming in the car kind of tantrums that he's throwing and really dialed it into a polished strategist Mm -hmm. and a chaotic villain yes which we do get glimpses of throughout but because of the tone of the show and the way that they Kind of had him bouncing off the walls and having tantrums. The tantrums really threw me. Okay, so I will agree with you that the tantrums are a little out there. Uh, <laughs> they're they're a little much. We don't really need to, like, full-on thing. I think one tantrum is fine. Oh, true, yeah. But multiple, it, it starts to get into a little bit of overkill. Then you don't yeah. really take the character as seriously as you should because he's... Mm-hmm constantly on a tantrum he's a murderer he's a murderer he's a fiend (laughs) (laughs) like he's bad he's a fiend um yeah in episode nine he kills the one of the prosecutors with a hockey stick you don't see it coming no they don't see it coming they don't and they kill off a witness who was trying to make a deal with Babel and a handful of the victim the victim's family like they killed innocent people the ones that ended up in the in a van, yeah, and they suffocated them essentially. Crazy. When as soon as that episode happened, I was like, "Damn, that's cold." Cold. <laughs> that's cold. Very cold. Speaking of cold, we got a quote in episode ten: "Keep your heart cold. Revenge will go more smoothly that way." Oh. Not a bad. That's a good line. That's a good line. (laughs) (laughs) So in episode 10, we get a Netflix hallway fight with the laundromat slash Taylor going apeshit on the on the hired thugs that they get. It's the second round of hired thugs. The first round was goofy. Right. The second round are legitimate. Yeah. And he comes at them with a pair of the shears. The shears and just. And he starts stabbing them with the fabric shears. Oof. Bro, bro. That was good. 
That was good. That was good. That was a good yeah. sequence. <laughs> just like those quick stabs. I'm just like, I, I know. I'm looking and I'm just like, oh shit, he's like really stabbing him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is real. Blood is being spilled. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Finally. <laughs> but uh, that same episode, the tenants play the mafia game on game night. Oh, yeah, that's and right. I forgot about They that. have a bunch of references to other K-dramas, and it's kind of a reunion. So the wrestler, Beanie Man, yep. as I called him in my notes, oh, okay. he calls one of the thugs who's in the travel agency. They're sending people on hot air balloons across borders. Oh, my God. Do you remember? Do you remember yes, that? Yes, so yes, yes, yes. That was the first round of hired thugs. Thugs. Then they become like travel agent, quote unquote. He calls one of those thugs a Paxeto Yi wannabe, which is a reference to Pak so Jun's character in Itaewon class. Oh, okay. Who has the same god awful hairstyle? <laughs> it's terrible. Good. So that's if you had seen Itaewon class, you would have been like, oh my god, he does look like Pak Seto Yi. Yeah, I would have been able to be like, oh yeah, nope, totally makes sense. <laughs> no. Then that thug fires back that the beanie guy looks like a North Korean soldier. Bro, do you know who that guy is? He's part of the Chloe crew. He is. Crash landing on you. Yes. Oh, okay. So that's, okay. So that's a clear reference to the other show. Okay. Yes. It's a reference reference. to crash landing on you. So I really like when, when stuff like that happens in TV or just in movies where they reference another person's like, you know, show that they did somewhere else. That's always great. Mm -hmm. I love when they do that. And there's actually two people from Crash Landing on You now that I think about it. There's the beanie guy. Okay. And the Homeland Security dude. Yes. He was also in Crash Landing on You. He was oh. like the insurance agent who was desperately looking for her because he didn't want her to he didn't want any harm to come to her. Right. He, you know, she gave him a lot of business and she was he was really grateful for her. So two, two. Chloe alum. Yeah. Two Chloe alums. <laughs> yeah. Nice. What do you think of episode 11? They call him Mafia Corn Salad. <laughs> this is a gross mis- mispronunciation of conciliary. I mean, look, the show is just <laughs> going from tone to tone. Like, I get if they're if they're doing it like in in a way of just making fun of him type of way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I I get it. You know, they can do it that way. But if right. they're not really making fun of him, it's just that they can't pronounce it type of thing. Then it's something else. Then it's just like, oh, this is not great. But if, if they they're kept making, doing it, I thought it was funny. But, but since they kept, they kept they doing kept it, it they knew yeah. what they were doing. So no, yeah. So then, yeah. So then it, it felt they had right the banner with the corn going. salad. Yeah. As it kept going, <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is actually not a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So I didn't get this. The arms dealer slash lobbyist who got the good intel for tech in Italy yes. on Vincenzo. Vincenzo captures him and and he goes, the guy goes, I've been tortured by like, this is a paraphrasing. He's like, I've been tortured by the ruffian, the ruffian, the Russian mafia and all these other major players. This isn't my first rodeo, essentially, is what the guy says to Vinny. Mm-hmm. And Vinny says... There's a limit to pain, but there's no limit to fear. And he starts playing Russian roulette with him with a, like a revolver, which you're telling me that a few rounds of Russian roulette with the revolver is scaring this guy shitless enough to, for him to sing like a canary. 
I think it could scare anyone because there's a difference between being tortured, right? I get being tortured is terrible. So you bought it. You bought this. Because I think the difference is that one pull of the trigger and you're dead, not tortured. You're dead. So Mm. there's a difference between being tortured for information and you withholding versus, hey, if you give me the information or you don't give me the information, you're going to be dead. That's a difference. He was going nuts with the revolver, though, because he was also doing like a two-face thing yep. where he was spinning, he was the, spinning the trigger. The, and then pointing the gun at his own head. Yes, and he was, was like, going to commit suicide. Crazy. Crazy. Like like you said, we I saw it. We saw it in um, we saw it in <laughs> Dark Batman. Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, episode twelve. They have this impressions guy. They're dealing with someone at the old law firm. Uh, man, I forgot the name of the law firm. But anyway, the evil law firm. Right. I, and he's like, I want to get out of this law firm. Whatever they're dealing with him, they want info from him. And they're like, Why don't you give us another impersonation uh, imper- impression? Of Lee Sung Kyung. Do you know who that is? Lee Sung Kyung? Lee Sung Kyung. And he does the voice exactly like him. It's the guy from Parasite. Oh, okay. The husband with the really deep voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He does a spot on impression of him from Parasite. Gotcha. And he kept doing, he did it like two or three times in yeah, the show. Yeah, he did. But I, I didn't I catch it. I was hoping on. you would catch it. Yeah, I didn't oh, catch it. I was That's hoping you would catch it. That's on me. Yeah. Yeah, I Lee Sung Kyun is also from the drama. Yeah, you should have. He's also from the drama My Mister. So okay. if you're looking for Lee Sung Kyun in your K dramas, he's also from My Mister. <laughs> Just in case you want to move your K. This is funny. This is a <laughs> yeah. The K drama that Tech is watching on his TV. Mm-hmm. You would never get this because you don't know who Two PM is. But yeah. he's watching a drama on the television. The drama is completely made up. It's not a real K drama. Right. It's his two bandmates from 2 p.m. <laughs> Chan Sung and Nikun. <laughs> and what's funny is uh, Nikun went on a podcast uh, a while back and he was talking about this this cameo that he made with Chan Sung. And he was like, yeah, Tech was like, oh, come and do this, uh, you know, cameo for me in the show, whatever. They're like, yeah, yeah, sure. Anything for Tech. So they go and they thought the tech was going to be in the scene with them or at least on set. Never happened. Never they happened. just showed up to oh, do their wow. scene. Tech was never there. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which I found hysterical. That's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> definitely check out that pot. God, I think it was a dive studios thing. Maybe it was the Eric Nam podcast mm. where Nick Hoon came and talked about that experience of going on Vincenzo. <laughs> oh man, I found that hysterical. That That's something I would do where I'd be like, yeah, man, come and do uh, come and do a cameo scene for my show or whatever, and then I like don't show and up. Then don't show up at all. <laughs> That's really yeah. Funny. Don't show up to support <laughs> your bandmates. Oh yeah, it's so good. Episode thirteen. I really liked the pig blood carry TED talk, where they dump a bunch of pigs yeah. blood on tech. That's a good. One. Oh my god, that was a good one. That's a good one. I didn't like this. This is when I started to lose it. Episode fourteen. The piano teacher who's also got a studio. In Gunga Plaza mm-hmm. happens to be the programmer who designed the vault. I don't. Okay, so this is my problem <laughs> with the the people, the tenants in this building. 
they all yeah. have like these secret li- past lives <laughs> where they're all like perfectly suited for what they need. Like yes. they got the wrestler, they got this hacker, they got um <laughs> uh, a former mixed martial artist. They got yes. like conveniently all these people yeah. live in the same exact building. Yeah. And it it really drove me up the wall. Like this cannot yeah. be true. This cannot yes. be real and yet it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yep. I, I that agree. was the that was a moment where I'm like, okay, the show's going too far. It's too convenient. It's too convenient. Yeah. Hey, this mm-hmm. one person who has never demonstrated any abilities about this is a master <laughs> at it. Yeah. So so this is something yeah. that I think a lot of people have a problem with when they're watching something and then something is introduced out of nowhere Yeah. in the middle of a story. I yeah. get that. Some people have a problem when it starts off and people have like this amazing skill that doesn't bother me because you're at least showing me from the very beginning. Right. This person is skilled at this thing. Whether mm-hmm. you find it believable or not, it doesn't matter. From the beginning, they establish it. But here, right. episode what? A- episode 14. 14? And now yeah. is when we're going to get, oh, by the way, she's a hacker. Like, <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't <laughs> compute. But That doesn't compute. All right, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I found that each reveal, each reveal for the incredibly adept plaza tenants, just gets more outrageous Silly. every time. Silly. And then like they do like that, like that plastering of like they show a picture yeah, yeah, of like yeah. their past life type of thing, <laughs> which still like that got to me. Like I started, I kind of started laughing <laughs> because I was just like, "You got to be kidding me!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the guillotine file. Oh, yeah. Being another MacGuffin. A MacGuffin. Yeah. That along with like a yeah. bunch of gold. What's funny is that I think, uh, let me see. Yeah. Gum ga plaza. Mm-hmm. Gum means gold in ah, Korean. There we go. So. So. Gold plaza. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, not on the nose. <laughs> At all. Not on the nose at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, oh, man, let's talk about chemistry right now, because in episode 14, they go to the museum under this whole undercover thing, mm-hmm. and they kiss at the museum. They do. And there's, like, this proposal that they walked into. They had no idea that the couple they were masquerading as were coming for a proposal. What did you think of this whole scene? Um, The scene, I mean worked for me it, it worked was, it, it worked i i think it's good i think we needed the moment where they finally you know kiss so important for a show you know for me like if you're going to have a you know flirtation romance between two characters make sure you build it out and get to that moment where they finally kiss because they need to get there they need to get there so <laughs> I'm glad it's not yeah. one of those things where they like wait till like the end of the show. You need to no. you need to have that tension. That tension has to be there. Okay. I didn't feel much tension throughout the show. But they did have that one scene where she was like, I think I'm I caught feelings for you, but I don't know. And she was kind of drunk. And then mm-hmm. she was like, Let me see if I have feelings for you. So she gets up and hugs him. Yep. <laughs> and you can tell that he's caught feelings. Yes. And then she's like Ah uh, no, I was mistaken. It's just you know, I didn't definitely didn't catch feelings for you. Exactly. 
And that's a fu- I found that funny. It was funny. A funny sequence there, but you know right. that it's going to get progress. It's going to progress. Mm-hmm. So when you- I thought the- oh, go for it. No, no, go ahead. Oh, right ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I was going to talk about the pigeons. Cuz okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had episode we 15. There, but okay. A horde of angry pigeons assails the mafia assassins like something out of a Hitchcock movie. Yeah, that And it's awful. I terrible. I hated it. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah. we were going to get past that without even talking about it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh no, no. Um Yeah, no. Then we get a Lord of the Rings reference from Tech. He's I think he's talking about the guillotine file yeah. and this is one ring to rule them yeah. all my precious oh my god <laughs> but yes he is talking about the guillotine file at that moment that uh, is true. yeah it doesn't really work um, the righteous prosecutor that they were teaming up with for a couple of episodes betrays them he was just after something big enough to barter his way up the chain you know that was a given yeah typical. they had this whole analogy before where they're talking about is this apple rotten if one side is fine and the other side is a little bit rotten? Is the whole apple rotten? Talking about the prosecution mm-hmm. service and the legal, you know, system here in Korea. And the guy was like, "No, it's not rotten or whatever." And they were just trying to make a point that like they can't trust him, right? Because he's part of the problem. He's in the prosecution service, exactly. which is bought off by the babel. Yeah. So he ends up turning, turning bad. Not. Surprising at all. Not surprising <laughs> at all. No. No surprise. I think the final four episodes are pretty good. Yes. I was gonna say we can jump into the final four and the fi- the finale sequence. Yeah. Sequences of episodes because Tech kills his mom. Yep. Tech kills in episode his mom. sixteen. They got yeah. some brute straight out of prison to strangle her. The poor the poor frail woman couldn't fight back. She was dying of pancreatic cancer. I mean, it was despicable. Yep. And Tech is shown dancing with the lawyer Ajima, gloating and laughing. Like it's just di- like terrible, terrible, person. really sinister stuff. Speaking of the lawyer Ajima, I think that there was sexual tension between Taekyon and Choi Myungi, the lawyer. Oh, what do you say to that? Hmm. I can kind of see it. I can kind of see it. You can kind of see it. I can kind of see it. I was like, what is this? What is this feeling between <laughs> tech and the what lawyer Hajima? I'm just like, what is this here? There was like a, not just a camaraderie, but like kind of an understanding because they're both dirty. They're just, just both awful. And it goes beyond him being her superior or her boss right. or whatever. They kind of start to even the playing field between them, the, you know, distance the between, distance their, between positions, their positions and they yeah. kind of see eye to eye and they start working together and their scenes together start getting a little more intimate. I feel they like, do. those, you they know, like I just, so, okay. I was wondering if that was just me. No, you can definitely thinking, see it. There was okay. some, there was some tension okay. in the room. Okay. I agree. Um, Episode 18, they introduce another major villain player late in the game with the presidential candidate's right hand. I man. hate what, what was this. That? Yeah. I hate when you introduce someone way too late in the game. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And this is With happened. two episodes left. Yo, dude. It's happened in other bad. shows where, like, they I think that's bad writing. Oh, it's terrible writing. 
It's like it's bad. How do we introduce this plot point and whatever? And it's like, well, we can't introduce it with these characters we already have. Let's just bring <laughs> someone new. Doesn't make that sense. goes to show that this could have been cut down to sixteen episodes. Thank Easy. You. Yes, another reason. Easy. Could have. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Yeah. We digress. Tech is in jail because Vinny backed him into a corner, and he thought with for protection, I'll just go in jail so Vinny doesn't kill me. He ends up walking right into a trap because that's what Vinny wanted. That's what Vinny wanted. And it's really not until episode nineteen where we see the full might of the Vincenzo Cassano family. Right. Where it's revealed. Yes. Because we have another hallway fight a la Netflix. The Plaza residents are all former athletes of some kind yeah. and they had applicable fighting skills. Yes. MMA, wrestling, and all this other <laughs> stuff. Just like, yeah. Weightlifting. Weightlifting, and, yeah. The weightlifting. Oh, just so many Everybody different... magically having... <laughs> the ability to fight everyone's a superhero i thought this was kind of yeah. like oh they're all superheroes yeah they're pretty much the all... avengers have assembled <laughs> yeah bum, 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 bum. that's the only thing that was missing <laughs> when they come down the hallway <laughs> we should recut it so it's with the avengers theme oh man oh that would be funny. okay so we're not we're not liking it but we'll take it episode 20 uh chai hung Cha Hong. Oh my God. I'm having such a Cha, tough time Cha remembering her name. Cha Hyung. Cha Hyung. Cha Hyung. Okay. She gets shot. Yes. And I thought, and oh, they're going to. I honestly thought for a second. What did you, you think? They were going to kill her off. And it was like going to be a sad ending for that romance and for just that, that where you think they right. won. And then at the end, there was like that final retribution from the, from the, yeah. from the villains. I thought yeah. they were going to do it. I didn't see her dying, but I did see her definitely getting hurt because she'd been unscathed this yeah, whole time. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Even Vincenzo was in a coma and like recovered yep. perfectly fine, but whatever. He got hurt. Uh, the younger brother, the half brother, actually dies. He's the one that dies. I thought that he would have lived. He would have survived. I thought he might have survived, but he outright died. I felt awful. That was so emotional for me to see him go. Yeah, that was... Because he was such an endearing character. Like, he turned out to be someone you could root for. Exactly. And that that's the big deal, is that he was the the lone green growing out of, out of you know, a bad situation. Corrupt. Yeah. So... Atmosphere. Seeing that yeah. not re- being rewarded was a bit heartbreaking for sure yeah especially after they kind of made it seem like he found a brother in Vinny, Mm -hmm. and that Vinny was a surrogate family for him someone he could that was terrible and yeah work with and everything yeah that that was someone who wasn't gonna belittle him and abuse him and bully him exactly make him think he was gonna die and all this stuff he's just yeah that was a painful brutal painful loss for the show uh, then we get a lot of off of off things in this mm-hmm. last episode because there is a giant reckoning, bang, reckoning bang, bang. which finally happens. Bang, bang, bang. The corrupt prosecutor who we referred to prior, he gets his ass dumped off a roof. <laughs> the chief prosecutor, who is now the chief prosecutor, he was the lawyer with glasses. Yes. That man. 
He got shanked on the steps of the courthouse, bled all over the stone in front of the camera crew that was there. I mean, it was very graphic, I found, with like the blood like dripping, dripping down, down the steps the and steps, stuff. Yeah. I was they, like, oh my God. They, they really went after it in this final episode of just like really just mm-hmm. upping it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The they upped the ante a bit. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And served, they served it back finally to the villains. And uh, the lawyer, Ajima... What'd you think of her comeuppance? Because he kidnapped her, yep. tied her to a chair barefoot. Yep. He had already done something to her feet, it looked like. Yeah, there was which were barefoot. Yeah, there was something that he did. She there. her she was already bleeding and in, in pain from her feet. Then he said he was gonna make her dance, and I thought, oh my god, what is he gonna do? Signature Vinnie Pyro move. He lights her ass on fire. Lights her on fire. <laughs> and I was like, well, oh, how? Well, if, um, if you think about back in the court case, he kind of lets them like kind of get out of it. Like they win the court case. Right. But the people that he wants specific retribution on, they don't get like the full comeuppance of the law. They get the comeuppance of Vincenzo. Yes. And that's what he really wanted. He wanted them to suffer yeah. the way he wa- he wanted them to suffer. Yeah. And, and I love that aspect of the show where he's repeatedly like, if I wanted you dead, I would have killed you. I would have killed you. By now. Yeah. yeah. I would have killed you. I And what was his nickname? They said He said his nickname was like Cat Gato or something because he always plays with his food like he a cat does. He plays with his food. Yeah. Yeah. But... And that's what he was doing the whole the few entire, last few episodes. Yeah, was just la- toying with he them. He was toying with them. He wouldn't like he would kill everyone around them just right. to show like I'm not gonna kill you yet because you deserve mm-hmm. something worse. And stuff like that. This is worse. Definitely worse. Definitely worse. Um the Olympic wrestler, the beanie man, mm-hmm. he got full on stabbed in the chest. Yes, he did. And while he was gasping for breath, what does he do? He asked Vinny to be the godfather. Of his baby. The Godfather. Come on. The Godfather. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. Um, <laughs> Vinny finally gets tech in a Russian mafia torture device. Like something out of Saw. Yeah. Oh, the movie, God. The movie franchise Saw. And tech starts begging, begging for his life or for him to just shoot him. Yeah. And Vinny even takes his watch as a trophy takes Taekyung's watch as a trophy and just walks off. He's like, yeah, every five minutes, this thing's going to start drilling into your body and you're going to die a very painful death. And I was like, Yo, dog. whoa, Yo, he wasn't messing whoa. around. He wasn't messing Yo. around, dude. He wasn't messing around. <laughs> yeah, that was. I do like that. Dark. They show tech like the next day and he looks really weak and, bloodied up and there's this crow there that starts pecking at his body Oof. why did i think of the lighthouse <laughs> tell me why i thought of the lighthouse with robert pattinson and oh my god and uh what's willem his name Dafoe. willem dafoe oh my god yeah yeah i can <laughs> it was very greek tragedy of them Oh, I guess it, another thing it kind of reminds me of is when uh, well, this is a like a Game of Thrones thing where villain finally like gets his comeuppance 
and he's like tied to a chair and he's already bloodied and everything from like the battle and the war. And as a last F you to him, um, like they release his hounds and they're oh, like, yeah. they would never like bite me. Then whatever. It's like, uh, they haven't eaten Watch. for three days. How loyal is that dog going to really be? And so then, and just before like they show the dog attack, like they cut away to um, Sophie Turner's reaction, and she like kind of like in disgust, kind of like turns, but then she like turns back and watches it all like in (gasps) pleasure, like it was crazy. Yeah, it's really good. Damn, damn. Well, one thing that I liked about the show is that they did this more and more throughout towards, especially in the last few episodes, Mm -hmm. is they were kind of taking a page out of the Ocean's Eleven playbook where they showed some of the planning. Yes. But when it came to the execution, they showed the final product, which was extraordinary and shocking, and then backed up and showed you how they pulled it off for real. I like when when movies and shows do that. Show us the planning, then the end result. Yeah. And then go back and show us how the end result actually went through. That's really, yeah. I love that device as a way of yes. like explaining a story. That's a really Me good too. way of going about it. Yeah. So they did that in the later episodes, especially. Um, he gets out of Korea. He's got, you know, bounty on his head, whatever the government's after him. And yep. he ends up sneaking back into Korea after a year. And he tells Chaeyoung, oh, my God, if I get her name wrong one Chaeyoung. Yeah, it is Chaeyoung. You got it. Okay. He tells her that he took over the family and he bought an island off Malta and he missed her. And she ends up scoffing at that, that, she, that he missed her. And so to prove that he missed her, he kisses her and they make out on the stairs. Yep. And I have in my notes, love it. <laughs> <laughs> love it. No, it. It, it was a good. It was, <laughs> Love that for them. It was, it was a good sequence. Yes, yes. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Now I don't know how to feel about the final voiceover because he says he used three family members from a different mafia family as fertilizer for his vineyard. He doesn't care about justice since justice is weak and empty. If justice was merciless, then he'd yield to it. He swears he's still a villain. And the final line of the whole show is evil is prevalent and vehement, which is delivered in Italian. Right. I don't mind him showing himself as, yeah, I am a villain. I don't mind it. Right. Because at the end of the day, like he still has like that mafia connection to him. You know, he still has like that influence of mafia in him. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't I I don't see a problem. I thought that it would be a little I don't know. I thought it would be a mixed tone just like the rest of the show. This went full dark. Like this was the tone that I wanted throughout the whole show. Like I wanted a fucking noir. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're, That's what I wanted to. This too. wasn't And it wasn't. Okay. This wasn't that, but the ending had a noir ending, so to speak. It did. Um You know? Yeah, and so it I can understand it. So if you look at the show bookend, so if you look at the very beginning and the very end, and that is the only thing you saw, you would assume that the show, the entire show was a noir and it doesn't really go that way throughout the show. The show 
changes into something <laughs> completely different. So I get the weird tonal shift and kind of like the disappointment of the way it ends, like in that regard, because it, right. it never completes its promise on what we thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And then it rubs it in your face with the ending. <laughs> so I get it. Okay. But I liked it. I liked it. I like the show overall. Anyway. Overall, I like the yeah. show. I think it's a good show. I have come to the end of my notes. What else did you have to say? Oh, Cadillac product placement. Yep. Evidently, everyone in Korea has Cadillacs. Of course. Of course they do. Also, fun product placement with the Copico, Copico coffee tablets. <laughs> I particularly laughed when someone was like, they wake me up. <laughs> <laughs> Did they give you that from Copy Copico Copico that, to they say? Must have. <laughs> they must have. Just like yeah. Oh, they wake you up. Okay. Ooh. Terrible. <laughs> it feels like in Truman Show <laughs> when yeah. they're having an argument, and then she has like the commercial, and he just like, goes, who, "Where? Who are you talking to? Who are you talking, are you to? talking to? to?" That's literally how I feel when one. the product placement is overt. I that I defer to that in my yeah. head. I'm just like, "Who are you talking to?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Truman Show. <laughs> Who are you talking yeah. to? That's a good one. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um on the show itself, I don't think I have anything else. I do like I mean everybody was dressed so well throughout the show. And I mean the oh, main yeah, players. Um, and the Buralru row suits that were yeah. on Vincenzo. Yeah, the suits on Vincenzo. Yeah. Great stuff. Just great stuff. <laughs> We're doing, <laughs> We're the, doing like, the Italian. Like, yeah. <laughs> just hand gesture. Hits. What is that? What, what do you call that? Um. Oh, my God. A, I don't know what the hand gesture. It's definitely Chef's Italian. It's like the hand gesture that goes with like chef's kiss. Yeah, like, like mm. it goes with chef's kiss. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah. The, so that hand gesture. I mean, he is Vincenzo Casano. Yeah, so it goes well with it. So yeah, yeah, overall good show. Yeah, wish there was more noir. Wish there was a little more serious tone throughout the show. I don't mind injecting yeah. some comedy, but not like at all these different weird levels that it mm. did. So yeah, so I I think the show's good. It's a good show. Where would you rank it? Where did you say you would rank it? Four or five? I think I want to say like four or five on my K-dramas because there's other ones that I watched early, but when I think about them, like I, I lost a little bit for them, you know? Um, so, yeah. So this one's, I think, at a good spot at like number five, but I got to look at the uh, shows again because yeah. my, my clear number one is Signal, you know? Oh my God. It is. <laughs> You love Signal. I thought it was a great show. You're like, yep. <laughs> I thought it was a great show. So, uh, but yeah. Nice. All right. I think that's all we have I for Vincenzo. So. Yeah, I think we went right. through the show pretty well. <laughs> we gave it a thorough rundown. Yes, we did. It was, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think we're just going to get out of here. Rigo, please say a word to everyone who is wishing you well and loves to hear you on the show. Uh, yeah, of course. So thank you to everyone who has supported the show, who has asked about me and me being off the show for such a long time. Um, 
health was part of it, but also my my job kind of keeps me away from this part of the sh- to, from this part of the aspect of always the critics. So again, much appreciated. Thank you for all the support that you show, uh, Jessica on Daybok for showing us support on always the critic. Overall, uh, it is something that it does not go unnoticed. So thank you, and uh, we appreciate you guys. Yes. All right. Thanks, Rico. I'm so upset that this is pretty pretty much it for season three for you, but <laughs> I'll be back for more next week, as you all know. That's been our show. I'm Jessica, and this has been the ATC Presents Deba K Rambles podcast. Adrenaline is what I'm telling me and you shut aside Oh, demantic adore To il dolore Vivo costante per andare perché non voglio soffrire Ti potresti ferire Non ti vuoi fidare dentro Sai che cosa mi succede, non lo so perché Fogo, temendo verso il letto Sto bucciando lento Per favore lasciami Non voglio ferire che non posso Lo sai bene I tuoi occhi non dimentico Amor